Hello, and welcome to Shay Hani, the podcast featuring women who've made creative career change. In today's episode, I'm talking to Vanessa Edwards. Vanessa made a big career change several years ago and is now in the midst of making a second one. Vanessa, welcome to the Shay Hani podcast. Uh, can we begin with you telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure, and thank you so much for having me, Hannah. So I am um, currently an early childhood teacher. I am uh, originally from St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I was born and bred there and then started moving around when I was 15, starting with my family and then on my own. I've lived in eight different countries. I've lived in 36 different homes and four different continents. And so I've had lots of location change. Yeah. Um, and I'm currently living in the Netherlands. I've been here for, um, I'm in my fifth year. Yeah. And previous to this, I lived in California in the US, before that in Switzerland, before that in New York, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> been, been all over the world. Amazing. Um, so talk to us about your original job or career and how did you get into that uh, field in the first place? Mm -hmm. So my first my first career after um, university and master's degree was in international public health. And I chose that because it was a little bit of a little bit of a means to an end for me. So I wanted a international career that would allow me to have a bit of a jet setting life. Yeah. I wanted something that was, in, at least in some respects, a little contributing contributing to the, the good of the world. Um, I was a little bit curious as far as what my reaction to like real true poverty would be. Mm. Um, and I didn't want a job where I'd have to be inside all the time. So I sort of, you know, checked all my criteria and thought of what might be best in international public health was it. So I did my... Um, my university in the US. I did my master's degree in Australia. And then I worked in that field for uh, about eight years for a couple different um, NGOs yeah. and for the United Nations and for the World Economic Forum for a while. So that was my first career. And it was, it, it gave me exactly what I wanted. So especially in the beginning, I was living in Nigeria and Senegal for part of the time. And I was, yeah. you know, getting in a truck and going out to visit pro field projects and working on projects there for persons with HIV AIDS. Then I, at the UN, I was working on projects for people with disabilities. I was doing a little jet set life. You know, I remember yeah. there was a moment when I was um, doing a layover in Paris and I was looking up at the Eiffel Tower and, you know, it was one of those moments in life. Yeah. Where I, thought, huh, I did it. I did it. This is it. This is what I wanted. And I did it. Um, so it was really, it brought me what I wanted and it was an exciting career. It was really interesting. I really, really love the international aspect of it, of working with people from all around the world and working yeah. with people who's, who've just had lots of different life experiences, different yeah. from my own. Um, so I did that for eight years quite happily. And then towards the end, I, I think like in many careers, when the longer you stay at it, you're sort of sort of moving up ladders, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it can often happen that you, it sort of takes you away from the original reason you were there. Yes. yes. And that, and that happened to me and I didn't really see it happening, but then there was, 
with a life that was great. I was working for the United Nations. I was living in Geneva, Switzerland. You know, I had a lovely apartment in the old town. Everything was perfect, really. But it it had lost the meaning for me. And, you know, working in international public health, it's it's a career like any other where you need to make money. We're not saints working, working, yeah. working in that career. How, however, I did, I was very much of a generalist at that time. And I felt that um, it came to the point where I felt like, you know, if they would just take my salary and go to X city in X poor country and just throw up money in the middle of the town square, I would be doing more good. You know, I just yes. didn't see my direct impact anymore even my yeah. indirect impact was harder and harder to see yes um and so it lost meaning and I felt like it was just it was a very dissonant existence yeah and so because I'm aware that you've had more than one career change and I think we'll come on to talk about that a little bit more as we as we continue but tell us a little more about that point you got to when you decided um to make that first shift into a into a different uh career mm-hmm. Indeed. So I've had uh, yeah, sort of two career shifts. This is number one, um, one completed and one in the works. <laughs> so indeed, I was feeling, you know, listless, like my life didn't make sense anymore. So I was working for the United Nations at the time. And I had the I was on a very, very secure contract, a lifetime contract. Right. Wow. And um, <laughs> I knew when I had signed that contract, I remember signing it, it was like 2006, I think, and I signed it it ended in 2038. <laughs> and I remember thinking there is absolutely no way in this universe that I'm going to stay here for 2038. But it did um, mean that I had a very, very stable contract. So under that contract meant that I had the right to do um, a sabbatical. Right. So this was really a gift. So I requested and was approved for a sabbatical. And I just asked for three months initially and I just needed something different. You know, I didn't, I didn't have absolutely no idea at that point that I really wanted even a complete career change. I just knew I needed a break. Mm-hmm. So I asked for three months and I thought, what can I do that's absolutely different than, than this? And so I signed up to go to a farm in Hawaii for three months. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which my husband still thinks is humorous. Um, <laughs> so I popped on a plane, went to Hawaii and, you know, with the sort of very rose-colored glasses, I think, of what this experience would be. You know, I thought, oh, I'd be in a farm and back to my, you know, tropical roots. Yeah. And I I showed up and it was just a very, very dirty place with a very, very dirty refrigerator and a very, very dirty tent that I was meant to live in for three months. And, you know, friendly people, but people who I didn't necessarily connect with, yeah. didn't want to connect with. And I thought, mm, no, so this is not going to be how I'm going to spend my three months. Anyway, long story short, booked myself on a plane and went to spend um, what I thought would be three months with my sister, who was um, in the process of wedding planning. So I thought, well, it's not what I expected to be doing these three months, but I was just looking for meaning at that time. You know, I had lost meaning and connection, yeah. and I thought I would find it in in soil and plants. And, and in the end, I found it in, you know, taking my sister for 10,000 dress fittings and checking flowers and all these things. And it was, it was fine. It was, it was what I wanted. It was human connection and something that was meaningful. Yes. So I stayed there and realized that I didn't have any desire to go back. So I um, asked 
for an extension on my sabbatical, which they had to give me. <laughs> so the time went on. I started doing yoga several times a week and just started thinking, okay, I'm very clear that I don't want to go back to that, but I have absolutely zero idea what I want to do next. And so I'm, I went to a career counselor because I thought, okay, well, somebody there is, you know, there is a professional way to go through this space. Um, And that was really helpful. So she gave me these sort of psychological tests that are career focused. Um, That was good. I didn't find those necessarily very helpful, but I thought that's okay. I'm just going through the steps, going through the steps. Um, And she gave me some really good advice and she said, okay, so you have no idea what you want to do. You should start getting out there like we need to see what the possibilities are so just think about anything you're, you're interested in and start doing informational interviews right which i had never done before but it was really helpful so she said you know get a, a, a job where you can bring some money in but do it in sort of the off hours you know the evening hours leave the daytime hours available to do informational interviews because you just need to get through as many people as possible yeah. So just try to get some idea of what you want to do moving forward. And it was really great advice. And so that's what I did. I would just email organizations that, you know, had something to do with something that I found, you know, even a little bit interesting and little by little, those possibilities became more and more concrete. Ah, okay. So maybe doing, you know, travel tourism. Hmm, yeah, that's interesting, but not really, they don't pay enough. And, you know, doing international public health again, but for a different type of organization, nope, that just sounds like more of the same. And so, speaking to real people and listening to like, you know, what their real life experiences were, finding out what their real salaries were, it was extremely yeah. helpful. And in that process, um, it, I ended up totally by chance getting an evening job. Um, I, I put an ad up and I said, you know, um, you know, my name is Vanessa. This is my, this is my background. And I mentioned that I spoke, I spoke decent French, not because I thought I would ever use it, but because in the U.S. speaking French, you know, has some cachet. So I yes, thought, well, this will yes. make it easier for me to get something. Yeah. And I was expecting to, um, in my head, I thought I'll help like, some older people, maybe, you know, go shopping for them or keep them company, chit chat. But a family with a three and four-year-old contacted me and their children were going to a French international school. Okay. And they said, well, we know that you, you know, you didn't mention anything about kids. <laughs> you seem to have no experience with kids, but really we just want somebody to, to you know, take care of our kids, pick yeah. them up from school and speak in French to them. Yeah. Might you be interested in that? And I thought, well, I mean, not really, but I'm happy <laughs> to meet. <laughs> and, and I met them and I went on a little afternoon, you know, trial with them. Yeah. And I, it was just that love at first sight. Yeah. It really was. It was so much the opposite of what I was trying to go, get away from and what I was disillusioned with yeah. at the UN, these long-term projects with, you know, these intractable problems, which like, which will not be solved in my lifetime, right? And that was my job, yeah. going to, you know, a little cute three-year-old who was crying because her ice cream fell on the floor. And I thought, <laughs> you know, I can fix this problem yes. super yes. quickly. <laughs> and you're cute. Yeah. So, um, so I took the position part-time and very quickly I thought, no, this, there's something in this for me. Like this is, this is the meaning I'm, I'm seeking. And so I went back to university and I got a, an early childhood Montessori credential and got a job at a Montessori school and then got a job at a, a elementary school, wow. worked there for six years and um, missed the international piece. Right. So it was, it was a really it, again, it gave me everything I wanted. It gave, yes. You know, it really, it was the connection. It was the meaning. Um, and 
and it, and it really worked for, for, for a long time. I did it for seven years in the U S and then I missed the international piece. And then I got a job um, at an international school in the Netherlands. So that was sort of the best of both worlds. So is that how you found yourself in the Netherlands um, for teaching? Indeed, indeed. Yeah. And I didn't actually mean to stay in the US as long as I did. But as life will happen, I met my now husband at yes. the time, yeah. he wasn't ready to move. Then we had our son. Yeah. And, you know, life yeah. just sort of life happens happened along yeah. the way. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so you 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 worked as a teacher for for quite a long period of time. So how many, how many years were you? T- you're st- yeah. So you're still you're still doing that now? Yeah, I am still working as a teacher. I think this is my 11th year. Okay. So, as we've mentioned already, you're in the process of another career shift. So talk to us a little bit about that and how that's gradually come about over the years of teaching and what's led to this point now. Yeah. So, again, um, it, 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 it started from, you know, an unexpected seed. And I think this is something that it's nice to hear, maybe, like, because sometimes I think when things start from an unexpected seed, people don't give credit to it. And I think, Mm -hmm. oh, that was just some silly thing. But it's often just some silly thing that it's like you uncover a rock and you just didn't know what kind of beautiful ecosystem lived there underneath the rock. Yes. Yeah. So it was the same. So I, when I was still in the US, I met my now husband and I moved into his, his place. And I thought, right, we need to do a little bit of a, a little bit of an, a facelift on this place. <laughs> and so we, we, you know, set about to painting it, et cetera, et cetera. And um, quickly discovered that doing it on our own was absolutely not going to work. And so we hired a, an online interior designer and I fell in love with every single thing about the process. Yeah. And um, shortly thereafter, we got married, we had a child and um, I, took a year and a half off work and then went back to work. And during that whole time, I started, you know, listening to interior design podcasts and taking little short courses and buying a million interior design books. And this whole time, I never, ever, ever even considered it as anything other than just a pleasant way. You know, it's just a pleasant thing to read about, a pleasant thing to learn about. But slowly but surely, I thought, I really love this. You know, this is something that, again, has meaning for Mm -hmm. me. Right. And whereas the first shift from international public health to early childhood teaching was really a shift away from something. I was I was trying to get away from that feeling of disillusionment and, and disconnection and, and just dissonance mm. um, with what I what my values were and what my, my job was. Um, but as I'm exploring interior design, it isn't that I'm trying to get away from early childhood because I'm still quite happy. Yeah. But I'm moving towards something that I don't have and that being creativity. Yes. Interesting. So that's, it feels different. It's, it's also, it's kind of a shift that I'm, that I'm contemplating and you know, sort of actively pursuing at least part-time, but it isn't the same type of shift. So this is really a shift towards creativity because creativity is not something that I've cultivated a huge amount in my life, sort of visual creativity. I would yes, say there's yeah, lots yeah. of creativity in being an early childhood teacher. Yeah. Um, but visual creativity that comes from my sort of creative soul and brain is not something that I've um, done a lot in my brain in my, in my life. And that's what I'm moving towards right now. And the yeah. more I, the more I moved towards it, the more I just felt like this is so exciting. And when you're, at least for me, job searching, career shifting, it can be 
like the first time for me where I just, I just knew I didn't want to do what I was doing. And I just had to, had no idea and just would have to feel in the dark until I found something. This is different. This is no, 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 like something kind of found me or I found something. And, and so now I'm exploring that thing, right? So it can look in all sorts of different ways. Um, And so sort of then I, I know how to do this, right? So I'm like, okay, so now I need to get some training. So I, you know, I'm doing an interior design course. Okay. It's always good, I think, to to get some credentials under your yes. belt, both yeah. for, both because you need to be, uh, you know, you need to be credible. You need to be, yes. you need to be good at what you're going to be yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, but you also need to be credible in the eyes of others. So both yes. in your own sense yeah. of yourself as a new professional, but also in, in others' ability to trust in your, yeah. in your, in your expertise. Um, so I'm finishing that up now and have done all sorts of short courses over the past couple yeah. over the past couple years. Um, and I've started a, a sub stack, which is how, yeah, yeah which is right, great. Which is and where, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Which is where we connected. Um, and the sub stack has been such a wonderful way for me to, like, I basically use it as a rigorous way to explore creativity, right? Nobody, I, I'm not turned on paid yet. So it's just just me and my creativity and I've just yeah. been deciding my journey through the exploration of interior yeah. design right just like any career change you choose you think oh, I'm really interested in this but that this has 10,000 different legs right there's so yeah. many different things you could do yeah. within teaching within interior design within music right yeah. yeah and so I have been allowing myself to really lean into that creativity that's fueled by me yeah. and waiting for the time until I felt um uh, experienced enough, confident enough to sort of peddle my wares <laughs> to yeah. others. Yeah. And I'm sort of a, almost a year in now. And I'm, and I finally reached that point. I think, no, no, I have, I have yeah. something to say. And I have found a piece yeah. of interior design. I love like color. I use, yeah. I use artificial intelligence yeah. to, to explore interiors, but also in particular color yeah. and that journey into a new career it, it takes a while, you know, it takes a while to sort of find your thing. And I think it's, it's important to sort of let it go. Right. So yeah, I'm now to the point where I think, okay, yes, I can, I can, I can start to think about asking for money and sort of presenting yeah. myself as a, as a part-time professional yeah. in this space, yes. but I, I don't feel the need to sort of say, okay, this is my, this is my rock and I'm going to die on this interior design rock. Yeah. I'm not there yet, but that's okay. Right. Yeah. That's okay. It's a process of finding out exactly what area in that new place that you want to live and it will probably evolve over time yeah I'm finding it so interesting to hear this because I think we have so much in common with with our do, kind of, you do. know there's so many parallels <laughs> but I I agree with you and I think in some ways I guess perhaps we're quite lucky that teaching is the sort of profession that does allow I mean I'm doing some part-time teaching so it frees up the rest of my my week but at least we get holidays and and things like that which give us that freedom I guess that maybe some other other jobs don't have to to explore those things but what you say about kind of allowing the your own voice within this new um well this this new career I guess um to evolve over time and for you to find it is exactly how I'm kind of approaching it as well and maybe it's something Mm. about confidence of, of being a bit older and wiser and for you having gone through all the different you know you've already done a career change once so you know how that feels but you can tap into those feelings I guess and and use them and um it's a nice feeling isn't it to feel like it's it's gradually just evolving and 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 kind of 
I find I feel like it, somebody said to me the other week, it, it's like it's just working away in your brain in the background. And then every so often you have those moments, don't you? Of This is what I need to do. <laughs> Oh, that's such a good way of putting it. It, yeah. it is. It's doing it. It's doing its thing. Yeah. Even though you might not be part of that con- yeah. process consciously. Yeah. And I, I um, think I think that's just really really amazing um, that we can kind of yeah just have those those thoughts bubbling away in the background and then it's like a light bulb moment occasionally where you think this is what I need to do and yeah and it's, it's and also I guess like you say with an interior design like any field of of um, of anything creative it's not it's such a huge wide term that encompasses so so much and once you start delving Mm. into it as you will have done over the course of the last few years when you've been studying and I've been doing the same you realize that there isn't just one way of doing it either is that there's there's so many different approaches and um and actually working out what your life experience brings to that approach is, is is quite important I think um but it's it's exciting and I can hear the excitement for you as well that you know how you 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 get you give over a sense that you are um you're really excited about what's next I am I am excited about what's next absolutely and and excited about even the process right the process of 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 finding out what that next thing is um is exciting and I think I agree that as teachers we definitely have the privilege of time that some people didn't have and like the last time I did this I had to ask for a sabbatical from my job that was an unpaid sabbatical right I mean those are privileges that not everybody has however I also think that it doesn't have to be that drastic you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be that drastic while there are so many things bubbling bubbling in our brains and we can we can trust those things it can be hard to trust them um but at the same time, there does need to be that outward motion, right? Like you, yes. you need to take the course or yeah. or talk to the professional. Or, yeah. So it's both, right? And I think yeah. um, it can be hard to trust the the piece that's happening in our in our heads. But if we try and trust it only yes. and think that, you know, the, the fully fleshed out idea, new career is going to pop yes. into our brains one night in the shower, like mm, maybe, and, and so for some people, it is that that easy, but I do think that the outward worldly talking is really important as well. And I guess that having you having done that several years back when you were trying to figure out what your um, first career change was, all those um, informational interviews that you did will have been really um, informative for you even now, I guess, in terms of of helping you to work that out. And I think it's really important, isn't it, for us, for everybody to recognize that um, everything we've done in our lives is leading is is helping us mm. and leading us to these these decisions and and it's it's all really wonderful rich experience both the good things that have happened the bad things that have happened and everything in between is just is building towards helping us to make the next decision or the next choice and and to help us to be better informed i guess um and to know ourselves better perhaps um I think knowing ourselves better is probably one of the most important yeah. things. Yes. And yeah. and just to have the confidence that life experience brings, you know, Definitely. which is, which is not, not nothing at all. Um, I think that um, it's, it can be really scary. Like, so this time around is so much easier psychologically because I know sort of the road. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and even, even with it being easier psychologically, it is still like I'm trying to think of the things that have been helpful. 
like having a guide of some sort, right? Whether that be a career coach or like a community, like an online community. I'm part of several online communities of, you know, like solo solopreneurs or interior designers. Like it's good. It's hard to do completely on your own. Yes. It's, there's just, there's just too much to manage. Um, So I think it's really helpful to connect to many different, many different um, communities and to know that, you might think that you found the thing and then discover that thing is not the thing, right? It's not necessarily a really linear road. Definitely. And I think it's good to acknowledge that early on, isn't it? And and embrace that. And you, you mentioned earlier about the process. Do you think that being um, older and wiser allows you to enjoy the process in a way that when you were younger, um, you found maybe harder? Um, yes, it allows me to make decisions with more, um, with more resolve, you know, so it makes me, so if I'm going to choose to spend money on joining a community or choose to spend money on a course, I can do that with more resolve. I kind of know myself what I'm, what I'm willing to do time-wise. Um, I understand that this can go somewhere if I, if I put in the time, because I know what my sort of discipline limitations are, um, one thing that you mentioned, I think that I'm um, working through right now and certainly don't have an answer to is this idea that we have this whole lifetime of experience that, that, that informs and, and helps and skills that we can use in our in our new pursuits. And the blend of like how explicitly that needs to be is something I'm playing with right now, right? So when I did international public health to, um, to teaching, it, that really felt like completely different though in the end when I was actually teaching I thought well this is just it's also still helping people it's also quite social in the end it's actually not that different um and then again I'm like in in teaching to to interior design that again feels super duper different but what I'm what I'm working through right now is this feeling of do I want to just you know quote unquote throw away all those years like should I do interior design for families right I mean should I try and directly tap into my experience or is it okay that it's just the body of experience that informs me as a confident person right and that is something that I'm still working through yes I think it's 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 a really interesting one and um I listened to a podcast um, a few months back. It's an interior design podcast. You may have come across it. I think it's just called the Interior Design Podcast. I'll send you a link Mm. to it afterwards. But um, I heard an episode of that where they were talking to uh, three or four different interior designers who had all come to interior design at different points in their lives. So there was one person there who'd done it from the point of of doing um, an undergraduate degree in interior design when they were... 18 19 you know mm. gone through that that sort of standard route I guess if you like and then there were several others who had come to it later in their lives and come from different backgrounds and different careers and really the whole thing that they were talking about was whether um that life experience of having done a previous career because I think it's quite common in the industry of interior design um certainly in be. London but um that people have come from different um, backgrounds of careers and and then found their way into it um but there was a really interesting discussion about it and obviously there's pros and cons to both sides of it um mm-hmm. but I I heard on that there was a a lady who'd also been a teacher um 
and had yeah had, had, had switched I'm hoping to interview her actually um for this podcast series because I really liked oh, what I heard on that and I thought she'd be great um great crossover for this um but yes it you know it was it was just interesting to hear a particular industry where there were a lot of people that were career changers within it it, it was almost an accepted part that um that that was something that um that people often did and also that it it didn't um and this is what I found helpful to hear it, it wasn't it was accepted that the, the your credibility was not affected by the fact that you might have done uh-huh. a different career beforehand you know which I think is mm-hmm, where, where mm-hmm. come to this point from um because it's easy to feel that a little bit isn't it I've certainly felt like that absolutely you, you know who's going to trust me with their um living room design I've been a music teacher for the last 15 years you know um but the reality is that um we both I'm sure have a huge amount of expertise and experience and can draw on like you said you know should I do interior design for families well maybe that is a good a good way of of tapping into it and in fact I did a um I had a client a month or so ago who got in touch with me because she she knew about my musical background and her son was about 16 and he was a musician he was a percussionist and he had loads of um, Mm. percussion instruments in his bedroom and it was his bedroom that we were looking at trying to kind of reconfigure and um and redecorate um but he had a um a a marimba in there and um sort of sections of various bits of drum kit and things so it was a you know there was a musical link to it and and that in itself made me realize ah yes you know there are these um crossover points when you kind of least expect them indeed 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 i think there's a lot of richness um a lot of richness in in the in the transition later i think um on the on the flip side thinking about what's more difficult this time around versus last time i think is the just the complexity that comes with being later in life like mm-hmm. so for me i'm i'm married and have a child and so you know it's just not me anymore right i'm yeah sort of happy at the time like well we'll just see how it goes yeah. And so I think in general, the older you are, there's a little bit less ability or even tolerance to say, well, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and there's also, again, something I'm working with, working through now is there's also the figuring out if if the tra- if you want the tra- transition to be complete or not, right? So for example, you're doing both right now and mm. I, I'm, I'm still doing you know, sort of full-time one plus you know, mm. part-timing on, 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 on the new one and just getting started with that. Yeah. And I don't know that I want to leave teaching completely. Yes. I don't, you know, it's so later on, there's more, you've just got so much more invested in, in the yeah. careers that you have been in and they've brought hopefully joy, yeah. you know, yeah. certainly have in my case. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just, it's more nuanced the, the later you are in life and there's just more to consider Definitely. this time around. I would um, totally agree with that. I think, yeah, I, I'm still not clear whether I will eventually want to give up teaching completely or not. And I, and actually, I've, I've kind of, I'm happy with that at the moment. I'm, I'm yeah, just happy don't to, need see, to, to see where it goes and, and yeah. find out in the future. And I think sometimes it's okay to be like that. But yeah, it's a, it's a different approach, definitely, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, You've touched on this a little bit, but um, along the way of your career changes have you always had people around you friends family that have supported you in in those career changes mm, I have I have I have I think definitely the so yes the, the short answer is yes I've not had any any strong naysayers in general everybody in my life has been supportive I think when, when I left my lifetime guaranteed you know my <laughs> lifetime of 
financial security yeah. and, and and social prestige. Yeah. Well, I said goodbye to that. There were certainly people who said, what? Yeah. Not in a, not in a, you're crazy kind of way, but just in a really, yeah. are, are you sure kind of way? Um, but certainly I didn't have to fight against the current of family or friends. And that's absolutely helpful, partly just because my, my narrative was very clear. You know, I mean, if you're clear in, in either wanting to leave something or wanting to move towards something and you know why you're doing that, then you can explain that. And if you believe it, then people will understand it. So I think that also makes a really big difference. And if you're not ready to make that explanation, then maybe, you know, keep it to yourself, right? You don't need to share before you're ready to share. Yeah. I think that's definitely true. And you're right that when, when anybody approaches anyone else and tells them something with conviction and real belief in it, then the majority of the time the reactions are are positive aren't they because you know yeah. you know yourself as 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 well as anybody else and i think um yeah it's it's always good when when the support is there because it helps to reinforce that maybe the decision is the is the right decision yourself as well i guess indeed indeed and i think that's another reason why it's important to find community maybe that's your direct sort of yes. family and friends community but it's important to find probably in addition to that external communities because there will be communities where your idea that sounds a little out there or even way out there in your existing communities yeah. sounds completely normal and typical yes. right like whatever you're thinking there's a group of people who've been doing that for a really long yeah. time yeah and so it's really helpful to seek those people out yeah. and to hear those stories like okay yeah this is this is normal to a certain group of people. Yeah. This is what they've been doing. No, it, it, you're right, and it's seeking feedback from the right people. And and it's interesting you say this because I've, I'm reading a book at the moment that was recommended to me by um, Hannah Kirkbride, who I interviewed a few weeks back. I, her mm-hmm. podcast is going to come out next week, actually. Um, but it okay. was a book called. Um, playing big by tara moore and um it's oh. i don't know if you've heard of it or read of it but it's great i've read it i've read it it's so good and um so good. i'm on the path at the moment where she's talking about feedback and she says this that when you're seeking feedback from people actually you have to choose carefully the group of people or the person mm. that you seek the feedback from because actually friends and family often don't give you the feedback that you need because they their relationship with you is different and if it's a professional decision that or a professional thing that you're seeking the feedback from on friends and family aren't necessarily the right people for it so you're I I totally agree with you that finding those communities that do have the right people that have the expertise and the experience to be able to provide um helpful feedback is probably more useful than um than the nice thing that your family might say or sometimes the opposite perhaps but you know often family will say a nice the, the nice thing or or be be looking to protect I guess is the other thing that sometimes people don't encourage family don't always encourage you to do something because they're worried and they they worry that that you know for the worst but actually speaking to the professional people that are in that field are going to give you a more um, nuanced and honest um, answer I guess so yeah absolutely and I've really experienced that um, even like speaking to the right people about the right thing you know so I have people in my life who um like you said, they're trying to protect me yes. and are really rational and are super helpful to talk to about very rational things. Yeah. And during this process of, you know, there's a lot of ideation happening. There's a lot of sort of big picture thinking, well, what if I did this? And what about what about that? And I recognize that, you know, the people who are really great to speak to about the rational questions, 
in my life are the worst people to speak to <laughs> when I have this like very sort of nebulous great yes. idea what I think is a great idea yeah. what about if I did this what yeah. about I did because their approach is so rational that the idea is not ready for the for yeah. that the idea is not ready to be broken down into rational like how am I going to pay taxes on that I mean I'm, I'm not even yeah. there yet not, not at that point yeah <laughs> <laughs> not at that point so it's like the right people about for the right specific things and there's just so many aspects that it's very likely that your family and friend cohort are not going to be able to to meet all those needs yeah no I, I think that's that's very good advice um, my last question for you is, do you have a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who um, is perhaps listening to this and considering making mm. a, a career change? Um, what would be your top piece of advice for that person? Oh, that's tricky. My very top piece of advice. I think my top piece of adv- advice would be to follow meaning to follow like there's so many things we can follow um so to me follow meaning but in, in your life to follow whatever is meaningful to you right so we all have our own values and so in my life for example my top value has not been financial like following financial stability yeah. to, to, for the detriment of all else right otherwise yeah. they'd be working for the united yeah. nations right yeah, now sure. yeah um but but for some people that is right so if that's your top value then follow that right so I think that's that's try to sort of figure out this is my best parenting advice I've ever received was figure out what your values are for parenting and parent to that and it makes everything so much easier because every time I make a decision even small decisions should she do like the music class or the football class should you do this or that I know what my values are it just makes it faster so these are really big multi multi multi-step transitions multi-year transitions often for careers yeah. and there's so much noise and so I think you know spend some time thinking like what are your real core values for your life moving forward not what they used to be but what they are now and they can be whatever right I mean if you want to be you know as wealthy as possible like to the detriment of all else fine that's your yeah. value then yeah, follow yeah. that but yeah. just be clear on what that meaning is right your particular value yeah. meaning and follow that and I think that makes decision making easier at least it has done yeah. so for me yeah no that I think that's excellent advice I like that approach so hopefully there's somebody out there that that is listening and uh and will find that very useful so thank you hopefully. um Vanessa, thank you so, so much for talking to me today. Um, it's really nice to finally meet you, albeit virtually, um, because we've had lots of Agreed. message exchanges and emails and things, um, and it's really nice to actually um, connect. So thank you so, so much. Um, it's been really lovely to speak. Absolutely. I really echo that. And, and like you said, we have so much in common. And again, this is another form of sort of finding a member of my community, right? Yes, who, yeah. Who- who has such a similar experience and it's so helpful to to connect. I I really have appreciated the time and look forward to future connections as well. Thank you so much. That was Vanessa Edwards talking to Hannah Ash on the Shea Hanny podcast. This episode is episode seven in the series. And if you're interested in listening to the previous episodes, head over to shayhanny.substack.com where you can listen to everything. Wishing you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I'll be back in the new year with a brand new episode. See you then.